You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, welcome everybody to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. Welcome to Thursday's show. In with me, as usual, on a Thursday, Mr. Tom Callahan. Tom, how are you? Not too bad, Steve. How about yourself this fine day? I'm doing okay. Busy day on a lot of different levels for me. Busy, busy, busy. Uh, another hot day. Luckily, I'm inside, so that doesn't matter. Um, hey, we have a pretty good show here on Thursday. We have... Uh, my guy, Matt Moreno, calling in at 6.15 at talk about UA football recruiting. It's going on. And basketball recruiting, we all know it's going on. I think they have a, one or two spots left, uh, maybe three, maybe two, with Brandon Williams' decision to come at some point in the next few months. Uh, and then at 6.30, 6.32, I'll have a friend, a colleague, Mike Fader in, talking about Major League Baseball, uh, what maybe could happen in the next couple months if they do have a season. So I look forward to that. Maybe reminisce about the, the good old days in Tucson with baseball. And uh, some friends of mine, at least people that I know very well, um, are trying to start a petition to get Major League Baseball here again uh, for spring training. So we'll see uh, what Mike thinks of that. I think I already know, but we'll ask him uh, to go on the record with it. Uh, and did you see, uh, Mr. Hockey Guy, that uh, they're already talking about the 2021 season starting in December when this one hasn't really finished? I. I did see that. I saw uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman saying they'd be okay with starting as late as December. They still want to get an 82-game season in next year, which, I don't know, Steve, that seems kind of iffy to me, uh, but I guess it doesn't mean that it can't happen. Uh, right now, I mean, I'm hearing reports all over the place from just about every sport. The NBA today, uh, there was a report that some of the um, – the presidents and team officials or whatever are pressuring the NBA to not restart. So my question is, if the NBA doesn't restart, what does that do to the other leagues? Because as we've seen, the NBA has been a leader in this. Hockey, I think, is pushing more to come back than basketball, to be honest with you. So could we have one without the other? So many questions right now, Stephen. And you're right. They haven't even figured out what they're going to do with this year yet. And they're already talking about when they want to start next year. So I'd, who knows? Yeah, I would venture to guess uh, that there will be no basketball or hockey or whatever, clearly with no fans in the stands. It'll be a TV event, and uh, fans will have to watch it that way. You saw that NASCAR's coming back as well, right? I did. They're doing something, what is it, seven races in 11 days, which is going to be a crazy stress on the drivers and crews. Right. It's funny. It's funny. Um, stress is the great word because I, I obviously have never driven past 95, 90 in my life. Uh, I have a hard time at 65 or 70. But, you know, seven and seven or 11 days. Um, is it a sport to you? Uh, you know what? I, I would call auto racing a sport because it is a test of physical and mental endurance. I agree. I think it is a sport. Uh, it's not easy doing what they do. And every time you get in one of those babies, there's a chance of uh, trouble. Well, you know, so Steve, great point, because here's my question. So what happens if somebody does need medical attention? Is it going to be business as usual? I know tracks have hospitals and what have you, but a lot of times if it's serious, a guy needs to be transported to a local hospital. Um, you know, are the are, are the procedures in place to make sure that that 
person and whoever else uh, along with the support team goes there are not exposed to potential cases of the virus how are they going to handle that um, those are all things i think you have to look at now i'm sure nascar has looked at it and they have an answer for it but i don't know what their answer is yeah no question in fact everything um i don't know when the last time you were going you went to the hospital uh, just for whatever reason but now it's like i hope i don't get hurt because i don't want to go to the hospital no i'm you know i had um right before all this kind of got serious, I'd gone to just my general doctor and had uh, gotten a few referrals. And right after that is kind of when all this coronavirus stuff started happening. And you know what? I have not followed up on a single one of those referrals because I want to be nowhere near anywhere. There are other people I mean, it could be completely unrelated to to being sick or whatever. I just, I don't know. I don't want to take the chance. I'd much rather just stay home and worry about it later. Right. No, I'm with you there. In fact, uh, some of the doctors that I've had appointments with have canceled on me themselves. Uh, those, you know, that uh, mandatory surgeries or whatever, dentists and things like that. We've uh, postponed until later in the summer when people are more comfortable with that. Uh, at what point are you comfortable with it? It's That's the key. Yeah. Um, vaccine is, is my top comfort. Um, I think if there's... A treatment available if you do happen to get it that is proven to be successful at a really high percentage rate, maybe. Um, but it looks like not, that could happen, right? It I, could. It could. I mean, did you see? I think maybe in the report before the show began, they talked about uh, possibly having 50, 50 million uh, uh, vaccines available if this the new one. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, is available to, to for production if it continues to do what it does. That in September they could have fifty million uh, vaccines. Well, is that the vaccine or is that the treatment medication? The tra- Good question. I assume, I, good question. I don't want to speak uh, out of my mind here, so I do not know to clarify. I think, no, no. I, I think Steve, because in covering the news all day here and my, my other responsibilities at the station, if I remember correctly, um, I think what you're talking about, and give me two seconds to, so it's the um, remdesivir. Yes. That's, yes, a, that's, it. that's a treatment. Yeah. Not yeah. a vaccine. To your point, then to your point, yeah, are you going to be willing to risk whatever you're going to risk for for that and not the vaccine? Right. And that's, and, and again, depends on the effectiveness and I mean, even what the side effects of the drug itself may be or, I mean, there's so many questions and, and so I'm many not questions. a medical professional. I don't know the answers. Without, without a doubt, so many questions and people are knocking on doors and, and slamming on doors and, and beating down doors and, uh, in Michigan and otherwise, and uh, they want things open. And other people are saying, let's kind of take it a little more relaxing or, or let's kind of do what we're doing. So there's no really right, right or wrong answer, I, you know. Here we go again. I understand, and it is personal preference, and I understand the people who are going crazy at home and the people who are, as far as work goes, you know, millions of Americans are struggling, and, and millions of people around the world are struggling, you know, who are out of jobs or have had their hours or their income reduced or whatever they're dealing with. There's some people who, and I mean, the, the mental faculties are something we have to worry about for people right now. Mental health has got to be at the forefront of this argument because being by yourself cooped up for 30, 40, days, whatever it is, uh, with limited human contact, that's not what humans are built for. As much as I always make fun of people with their face and their phone, 
um, there's something to be said for that. So there's so many different factors at play. So I understand that side of it. But when it comes to my personal choice and what I want to do, I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, play it cool and and just err on the side of caution. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's what it's funny. No, he's calling now. I think Matt Moran will be calling any second now. Just real quick, it's funny, and I joke about this half-heartedly, obviously, that I've been quarantining myself for a long time. I don't get close to anybody, and nor do I care. Nor do I care to. So uh, this home stuff by myself, I, I'm okay with it. Uh, no big deal to me. Uh, conversations with myself are, are a little complicated. I don't have a decoder ring of myself, so you know how that goes. Do you answer yourself, Steve? That's my no, real question. I would never answer me. <laughs> I would never answer me. I, too, say, what the heck are you th- talking about? What I do know a guy who will answer you, though. Who's that? Matt Moreno. Oh, he's on? Great to have my guy, Matt Moreno, here from Go Easy Cats. Matt, are you still in California, kind of isolated in some hotel room or some house back in L.A.? Yeah, I am. I'm just trying to keep all you guys safe. So I was like, well, if I've been in California, it's probably better for me to stay here than to bring whatever I picked up out here to Arizona. So good for you. Uh, I'm, just good trying for to, you. I'm trying to think of you guys, Steve. Good. Thank you. Thanks for the for old, old guys, yes, who are vulnerable. Hey, you've been busy. You've been busy tracking down UA basketball recruits, football recruits. Let's start with football. It looks like Sumlin continues to go out and or not go out, at least pursue some fairly decent players. Yeah, it's been an interesting kind of few weeks and a couple months, I guess, now for this program as the coaching staff tries to really go about recruiting in a lot different way than they normally would. Uh, this time of year, typically the coaches are out and able to see recruits up close, and that's when you see a lot of these offers come out. But uh, with everything that's going on, they've had to do that remotely, and you really have to build relationships over the phone and uh, kind of really focus in on that, watch a lot of film and evaluate a lot of film. Um, but I think the thing is that they've kind of been ahead of where they normally would this time of year because of it, because that's really the only thing they can do uh, at this point. There are not, they aren't out on the field. They're not on the road. Um, all they can really do is focus on recruiting. So I think we're seeing them go out a lot quicker pace than they normally would. I, I'm going to have to look at the numbers because I was thinking about this earlier today, but um, I would have to assume, even without looking at the numbers right now, that they're at a quicker pace than they were last year and probably even in, in prior years. So, uh, just in terms of the number of offers that they're getting out there. So they are definitely, they've been busy. And um, I think the one thing that a lot of people on, on our message boards are noticing, our website, uh, com is just that the, the level of players that they're really going after and the other offers, if you look at the list of those recruits, the other offers on those lists are some of the top programs in the country. So I think they're trying to go about it the right way. They know they have to raise the level of talent at Arizona. It's not the greatest time to do so. I mean, they don't have a lot working for them, especially coming off, of the NFL draft, so they had no players. They were the only program in the Pac-12 with no players drafted, and um, they're not winning games. They're obviously, right now, it's kind of at a standstill. You can't bring players out, to, recruits out to campus. So there's a lot working against them, but I think they're trying to not let that kind of bother their progress that they're making uh, recruiting-wise. The other thing is they're one of only a couple Power 5 programs that doesn't have a commit yet. So that's a little bit concerning. Um, we're now going to be to the start of May. They're one of two, I think, two Power Five programs that doesn't have a commit in the 2021 class. So, a little bit concerning for them right now. Wow, I did not know that. Who's the other one? Uh, Washington State, I believe, is the other one. Oh, okay. 
Uh, okay. Real quick, uh, uh, to to make this a comparison, I'm not sure they can. Arizona uh, basketball has lived off being Arizona basketball, the brand, putting kids into the NBA. Uh, it's been doing it for a number of years before Sean got here. Sean has kind of reaped those benefits and put some NBA guys in the, some guys in the NBA. So that helps. Uh, football, the fact that you talked about this, the fact that it happened uh, earlier this week, no, no players in the NFL uh, or drafted at all. Uh, one one program succeeds with it, the other one doesn't. How detrimental is when it doesn't? That's a big deal. I mean, that's something you can't look past um, in recruiting. I mean, it's just something that matters. And progressively, since I started covering recruiting, it's only increased. It's only gotten more where that becomes a bigger priority. There were there were times when people would talk when players would talk about the scheme and how they fit into a system. Now, the first thing that comes up in a lot of cases and a lot of interviews that I'm doing with recruits is. Uh, ties to the NFL. Obviously, Kyle Devan, that's one of the things that really stood out about him and stands out about him to recruits is that you know he played in the Super Bowl. He played in the NFL for a while, and that's something that comes up when you talk to offensive line recruits uh, that are looking at Arizona is, oh, he has you know, you know that um, connection to the NFL. And so uh, that's a big deal. It was a big deal with DeMarco Murray. I mean, that was one of the things that they could sell with him is, hey, he just got out of the NFL. That's where you want to be. And um, you know, all these players, we saw so many really good players go undrafted, but every recruit that you're talking to that gets offered by a Power 5 school, it's the same on the basketball side when they get offered by a school like Arizona, their immediate thought is, oh, I'm going to be a pro. And they want to take the best path to get them there. Right now, Arizona can't sell them on that because their guys are not getting drafted. And um, it, it's a difficult sell. It's an uphill battle for them because there are other programs that are going to be able to offer and say, hey, we got you know, X player or, you know, however many players into into the draft and they're, you know, they're on to the NFL. And so um, even if you look at a program like Utah that had, you know, a number of guys drafted. So uh, it's, it's definitely an uphill battle for Arizona right now. And I think it matters a lot, uh, maybe more than ever, for those recruits that you have those connections and the ability to develop them and get them to the NFL. I haven't had you on the show for a while, so we haven't talked. Um, I had Michael Lev on earlier this week after the draft, uh, had Bruce Pascoe uh, for basketball. But Michael, and we'll talk about the same subject, Khalil Tate played quarterback here for four years, did what he did, ran through, through, wanted to become a quarterback, blah, 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 said he was never not going to play in the NFL other than quarterback. Guess what? That seems to have changed. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that kind of felt like it was always bound to happen. Um, I don't know that there was ever going to be a franchise that said, hey, we're going to make this guy a quarterback and he's going to be our quarterback of the future. I think Khalil probably believed that himself. I know he did. <laughs> that, uh, you know, a, a franchise would take that chance and give him an opportunity to play quarterback, but it's just not realistic. It's, he never really showed enough uh, consistently to be thought of in that way, um, even though he did put up some some uh, impressive passing numbers at times during his career in Arizona, he never did it consistently and said, hey, and we're, he can make people look at him and go, that's an NFL quarterback. And I think everyone saw the same thing as the flashes of that's a, a great playmaker, somebody that can win someone some, some football games. But I think the underlying theme to kind of his whole career, even going back to his high school days, was he's going to be a very good football player, but maybe it, 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 no one had a ton of um, confidence that it was going to be at the quarterback position as he moved through the ranks and you know, now he's going to be, it looks like he's going to be a receiver. And I think you have to think back and go, well, if he only made that decision to move, if someone could have convinced him of that decision to right. move last year, what it could have, ha- what could have happened. And the reality is he probably could have been in the draft and, and been drafted as a receiver. I think he's more likely 
uh, to be selected by a team at that receiver than at quarterback. And obviously he had, had to go through the draft, didn't get drafted. And uh, if he makes this decision a year ago, um, you're probably talking about a different scenario and you're talking about Khalil Tate getting drafted. So uh, maybe better late than never for him. He's going to have his chance to prove it. I've seen him do receiver things at different times in some camps and different things like that. And he actually is a, a pretty capable receiver and he knows how to run routes. He's got very good hands. Um, but we'll see how it all translates once the pads go on and once he's actually learning that receiver skill set. Well, the one thing that I talked about with Lev, and I think he agreed with me a, a little bit, uh, uh, Khalil, Khalil loved to run, obviously, early in his career, loved to run. He became famous because of he ran, and, and because he ran, and he did it really well. Uh, there were some games in there where he got hurt, uh, very painful hits, obviously. Uh, I, I think that that affected him running or wanting to run more. Uh, now at the wide receiver, you get hit pretty hard, more more so than you do as a quarterback. At least that's what I think. I could be wrong. Uh, so once he gets hit in that situation, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be interesting where at receiver, it's the opposite of quarterback where, you know, there's that 10% of the time as a quarterback, let's say, where you're getting hit and hitting the ground. Uh, now that's flipped. I mean, 10% of the time, you're going to be free. I mean, 90% of the time, the play is ending with you getting tackled. Um, and, and so... It's going to be interesting to see kind of how he goes about that if he is, you know, quote-unquote injury-prone and someone who's just going to have that as part of his career. But, uh, yeah, making that transition, being someone who is going to get hit most of the time is going to be an interesting thing to watch with Khalil as he goes through this process. And I think for him, going back to what's going to make him successful, it's going to be a lot on his mindset and what he wants to do. I know there are a lot of times when kind of the biggest gripe fans had was just him making decisions and not know kind of – going, he could have done something else, but he chose to do this mm-hmm. thing. He chose to go out of bounds versus, you know, getting those extra yards. And so um, with him, I, I think it's all kind of between the ears in a lot of ways. And uh, if, he makes that, if he makes that choice and decision to, hey, I'm going to take this, you know, head on and, and be a receiver and, and be this playmaker, I think he'll get the satisfaction of knowing he's impacting a team. And I think that drives him in a lot of ways. And so um, we'll see kind of how that plays out. But I think if he understands that, this is his way to, you know, not only make money, but just have a career and, you know, make plays and be part of a, a winning team. Um, I think that'll go a long way for him and, and kind of alleviating some of those kind of instances where it looked like he could have got hurt, where it was kind of in his control and he just maybe hurt himself in a lot of ways and uh, put himself in, in kind of harm's way. So uh, I have five minutes with you. Uh, let's kind of stay on football. Just one more thing. So J.J. Taylor gets drafted or, or gets signed by uh, New England. Uh, Whitaker's going to Phoenix. I don't think I think that was it. Who has the best chance of sticking? I really do think J.J. Um, I, I tweeted out after the draft. I understand why there are reservations about teams not wanting to take him. Um, I think he has, outside of just the height, I think he has all the makings of someone who could – be a professional football player. He works very hard from everything I've ever heard and, and, and seen from him. And um, he has the ability to, you know, make plays. And I, I think one thing that didn't happen in Arizona that could be very beneficial for him at the next level is catching passes. I always thought that was his best attribute going back to high school, um, getting him out, you know, getting the ball in his hands, kind of work whatever way you can and uh, play him in the slot and play him as a receiver. And Arizona didn't really ever do that with him. Uh, because he kind of had to handle the workload as a running back, and so they didn't necessarily use him in those types of situations. But I think that's something where if he can find his niche, uh, especially at a place like New England, I think that fits him very well. Just his personality fits in very well with, I think, what they expect out of their players and kind of how they go about their business. Um, Kind of no-nonsense, just kind of work hard and and do your job. And 
Um, I think that fits him from a personality standpoint, but I think uh, if you're going to get the most out of a player like J.J. Taylor, I think you have to you know, throw him out there at receiver and see what he can do because a lot of his best plays, going back to high school and watching him over the course of his career, um, I think you could see that he really shined as a receiver. It'll be interesting to see if that's kind of how they end up using him in New England. Uh, Matt, I'm talking to Matt Moreno of Go Easy Cats real quick we have about two and a half minutes left uh, Matt uh, so basketball uh, where do or have you already ranked Arizona's basketball group that's, uh, that Miller's after I was just writing about that and, and, and figuring that out right now Arizona as much as everyone talked down about their class they're now the top ranked Pac-12 program uh, in the 2020 rankings so uh, after their latest commit they bumped, they got bumped up again they're number 13 overall they're only behind Gonzaga in terms of West Coast programs uh, in, in the rivals recruiting rankings and they are number one in the Pac-12 so it's, it's definitely been an interesting spring I don't think it's how anybody anticipated it going even within Arizona's kind of basketball offices but uh, it's worked out and they have the top ranked Pac-12 program I know a lot of that and a lot of fans have said well that's just because they have more guys than anybody else but um, that is true, but I think they've added some quality, and it's hasn't been a bad off season for Arizona, and it kind of fits into I think what the mold is going to be for Arizona moving forward in terms of mixing in some guys that are going to stick around for a while that have talent that could help right now, but maybe their best time is going to be two or three years down the road. Yeah. So, uh, who's the jewel of the whole process? I really think in terms of the second half, uh, I think Dalen Terry's the hands down the best prospect uh, in the class. I think he's going to make the biggest impact. He has the most upside. He's, I think he's going to be one of the best defenders in the Pac-12 next season. Um, but I think if you if you talk about this second half with all these international recruits, I really like uh, Kirk Risa, the guy that they got from Estonia, the point guard. Uh, he's kind of I've talked about him as kind of a light version of Nico Mannion. I think he does a lot of similar things within his game. Not overall as talented, but I think someone who can really impact the game and kind of has the same mindset as a guy like Nico. Uh, maybe dialed in a little bit more with his shot than Nico and. Um, but not as quick, but someone who can, I think, can command the offense and really run the point guard position and someone who, again, can develop into someone very, very good. So uh, they have one more to give, I think, right? And the one more to give, and then Brandon Williams, still a decision. Right. What do you think on Brandon Williams? Do you think 50-50 right now? I, I think so, probably at best. I mean, I, I still have my hesitations that he's going to be able to come back. Obviously, that's a couple big knee surgeries that he's had now, and missed a lot of time and so I think it's going to be difficult for him to really um, get back to top form and I think there's still that hint of is he even going to be able to play and I, and I don't know that I'm very confident that he's going to be able to do so at this point. Yeah okay Matt Moreno I know you like the social distancing from me because you don't have to see me or be close to me but uh, one day we'll get together again okay Matt? All right sounds good Steve. Thank you. That was Matt Moreno of Go Easy Cats. We'll come back on the other side talk to Mike Fetter. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. Now on the phone with me, sports guy, Mike Fader. How are you, Mike? That's a crazy title, sports guy. Good. What are, are you up? now? What are you now? Uh, former baseball executive. You know, at least, I don't know, whatever. I do whatever you tell me to do. <laughs> I, w- I wish that were the case. Hey, before we get into some baseball talk, you've been watching The uh, the Last Dance with your guy Jordan or the Chicago guys? How do you like no, it? I love it. Uh, it's great. I mean, I, well, I'm, and I'm born and raised in Chicago as, as a Bulls fan. Uh, and I was already out of Chicago by then, but uh, still remain a Bulls fan to this day. Uh, and I, I think they've done a really, really good job of just telling stories. 
uh, you know, just the Rodman episode, you know, the way that was done. And uh, obviously I'm one of the people that sure didn't know. he. I knew he went to Vegas, but I didn't know that Jordan had to go get him and get him out of bed with, you know, with uh, Carmen Electra. I mean, that's that's a crazy story. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it, it's been good. I And I, I, I really, with the terrible world we're in right now as far as lack of sports, uh, I, I look forward to the episodes every week, you know, and it's just, and, and I'm looking, looking forward to the future. I guess Horace Grant isn't, is going to be kind of made to be a bad guy next week, next Sunday's episodes. Yeah, I saw that. They're starting to do some previews of uh, the coming episodes. It's good. I've watched it. Uh, uh, watch every single one of them. Uh, sometimes yeah, I get to fight with my wife all the time. I mean, she's not a contemporary basketball fan. She's just kind of a front runner and, and just follow things, you know, in the last five, ten years. And it's always a fight about LeBron and, and Michael Jordan. But if, if you watch those, these games and see what he did, and Jordan was actually afraid of how he'd be perceived. Uh, but to me, I think it makes him look really good how important winning was to him and being a team. And, you know, when they lost to the Pistons and he got the hell beat out of them, Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it was interesting. We said there's no summer vacation, you know, and and they just went to the weight room and and they just decided it's time to to strap it on and let, we got to be different. And and they were willing as a team to make a change. Yeah, no question. A lot of fun to watch. He's got, uh, still as good today as he was back then. Just no question about that. Hey, let's talk about baseball. Something you kind of know about. Um, did yeah, you I, see? I've been around that a little. <laughs> did you? We'll talk did, about Major we League Baseball, but start in chronological order. Uh, and by the way, congratulations uh, for adding Jay Gonzalez. I think you guys would be a great team. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to watching uh, here in the show. It starts tomorrow. We're looking forward to it. Hey, real quick, uh, because uh, because uh, did you were you on the string the Facebook string with Ray Flores uh, talking about trying to bring Major League Baseball back? You and yeah. I have talked about this a number of times. Realistic? Uh, what do you? What's the word you want to use? Uh, you know, I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I don't. I don't see anything happening in Tucson. Uh, and, and from the time that came out at the beginning of this week mm-hmm. to where we are now, my opinions even changed on the scenario of what might happen, you know, where it first it was Arizona only, then it was Arizona and Florida, then it was Arizona, Florida, and Texas. I think all those are out the window right now. Uh, and, and I've done a lot of reading on it, uh, you know, just to stay up. I, I actually think the most realistic scenario right now, and I, I still think there's two. Uh, you know, one which is becoming less likely by the day is that all the teams have spring training, go to, to their spring training facilities, and and get take about three weeks to get ready. Uh, with a potential season opener uh, late June, early July. Okay, that's that's scenario number one, and and probably not spring training games per se. Uh, maybe some camp games and and maybe doing some things different. Okay, that was the one I heard earlier in the week, uh, and with with the understanding that they were going to then go to their major league site if their if their municipality would allow them to play games at the start of their season 
in their own major league site. Obviously, all of these scenarios are no fans. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so that that kind of was interesting how that changed to, to playing games in in the warm weather climates. Uh, so so that would kind of be what I would say the older scenario. Now the one I read in the last two days is that they would start in their major league cities uh, at the start of training. Uh, and and the reason being they would save money on per diem, they would save money on hotels, mm-hmm. and, and quite honestly, they would have better facilities. And again, no, no spring training games, maybe, uh, and we'll get into the divisions in a little while, but if maybe the Cubs and the White Sox could play each other, uh, you know, in a so-called preseason game. Uh, and, and based on a lot of reporting, and I know you and Tom read all that stuff, it looks like that has been a lot of major league executives are, are speaking off the record on that that scenario is, is starting to make a lot more sense. Uh, that surprised me, to be honest with you, because I would have thought that the Arizona, Florida, Texas scenario, whatever that would have been, would have been probably the best way to start. Uh, so did, had you heard that latest one? No. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, I like it. It, it. Better better that than going to the spring training sites and, and wasting, not wasting, but spending three weeks at the sites and then having to pack up and then move to the home base. I think the home base would be perfect. It makes total sense. Per diem well, money and all that. And everything and you know underlined many, many times, everything is based on testing. Oh, uh, of course, there, of course. There has to be heavy testing. I would guess that there might be thermal Units that the players have to walk through uh, before and after every game uh, for their temperatures. Uh, I think there's going to be scenarios in place that if somebody uh, has a temperature, they're going to immediately take them to another place and they're going to test them. Uh, and if they wind up uh, being positive, then then it's going to be interesting how, how Major League Baseball handles it. Uh, now, the one scenario I, I'd like to – Bring up and cut me off if you got to go to commercial. Uh, it's Korea. Have you heard anything about that? Well, they're coming back sometime soon. Well, Tom talks about well, that a lot. They're, no, they're, they're going to start May 4th or May 5th. Mm-hmm. And they've been playing their preseason games already. There's a lot of major league players, former major league players, playing in Korea. And the, the testing has already been very heavy testing already. Uh, and ESPN is actually negotiating to put games on starting as early as next week. Now, that's from what I've heard, that's not been finalized yet. I would watch it. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge baseball fan, and I know some of the names of some of the former players uh, that will be playing, and some, some interesting things that go on there. Uh, umpires media, uh, coaches all have to wear masks and gloves on the field. Players do not. Players have to wear gloves when they come to the field, uh, masks, and they no spitting, 
which might be hard for some players. Right. Uh, no high fives. Uh, so to, to really reduce the amount of contact that they can, I guess the Korean baseball teams, and I don't know if you know, but there's like a couple teams that have been training in, in Tucson for years. Uh, and the teams are monitoring their traffic flow to come to the stadium and, and are willing to say where there's a hot spot. And, and they want to tell them exactly which way they're supposed to go. Uh, now, going back to Major League Baseball, uh, there was a lot of pushback. Not a lot. There was some pushback from the Major League players about being quarantined all season in, let's say, in Arizona and not being with their families. Uh, that's why this scenario makes sense because they, they then would allow them to live at home. The fact that uh, the United States is kind of slowly easing its way out into the public, I would assume that uh, maybe at one time you didn't think baseball was going to happen. I don't know. I think it's more likely than not that it will happen now. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, was, I guess I was a little disappointed when I heard you guys talking about earlier uh, that the NBA might not play. I, I honestly believe they would be the first team league back. And one of those scenarios was they all go to Walt Disney World in Orlando, which is a private entity in a much more controlled environment and, and anywhere from two to four courts that the players could have played and they would stay on Disney resorts. So I, when you guys said that it might not happen, I guess I hadn't read that yet today. No, 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 no. I think that's more opinion by me. That's definitely opinion by me. I think by Tom as well. If he said that, uh, I just don't know. Uh, typically, uh, the season would be completely over by June 10th ish, 12th around there. Uh, we're starting if they do come back May 8th ish. Uh, you have a month. Uh, of course, they could extend it into July, but it oh, just no, they'll, seems they'll so. They'll definitely extend it. There's no way that they'll stay with the traditional schedule as is. Uh, I, so what? Know, so okay. I'm sure you saw Steve Kerr's already said that he's not. He you know. Oh yeah. He's already in the off season mode. They shut down a while back. There's, he, they probably shut down in December. Who knows? And Steve, wow. Steve, so if, given, if, I, if I can, the, the report I was referring to is on CNBC.com, which I know is not the foremost sports expert site, but right. uh, it was talking about how some NBA team executives and players' agents spoke to CNBC in recent weeks about the challenges in resuming play, and some of those, uh, and they remained anonymous people, um, said that there are reasons, and they, they go on to cite the reasons why in the article that they think the NBA shouldn't play and some teams that aren't going to make the playoffs or might be losing money anyway a lot of those teams are saying well why should we even bother to come back why should we incur the cost right 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 well I would assume it's be interesting. Could, could I, the I, I actually like the Orlando scenario uh, it, you know and, and I think they're gonna they're gonna extend their season I mean they're gonna they're gonna go to a later time uh, than they than they've gone so I, I think, you know, Tom and Steve, I just think we're going to hear all kinds of rumors and theories in, in all the sports, you know, coming up. I watched on tonight's news, I don't know if you guys have talked about it, uh, but, but President Robbins said he doesn't believe there will be fall football this year. Uh, I, I'm well, how sure soon? He said that he said that on on Buckmaster's show last week, it was taken all over the world. Obviously, this, this yeah, yeah, so we, it's still too. Er- I agree. 
And on top of that, on top of that, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey just came out today and said that he doesn't believe the Power Five have to be in alignment and that some conferences, if they decide not to move forward, that's okay. And that college football could start in the fall. But not everybody, in his opinion, this is the SEC Commissioner, not everybody has to be on board. Well, they're a little lawless in the South anyway when it comes to football. Tell me about it. I spent a long time in Nashville, buddy. <laughs> right. So I, I don't. Yeah, we'll I just, see. I'm glad we have something about sports to talk about. Uh, you know, and and so going back to, to one more thing about the baseball scenario. Uh, there, did you hear the thing about the three divisions? Yeah, you talked about that with me earlier this week. Let's spend about another four minutes on this, and we can take a quick break. Yeah, go ahead and explain. All right, so so the divisions. Let me get. I actually pulled this up so I could read them. This this would be a hundred percent geographical, okay? And, and when I say that, what I mean is is that they would in these ten team divisions, they would play only against divisional opponents, okay? Uh, they want to eliminate travel. So, for example, in the East, Yankees, Mets. Red Sox, Washington Nationals, Orioles, Phillies, Pirates, Blue Jays, and then the way down, way down the bottom is Tampa Bay and Miami. Now, if you if you think about that, that is all the Eastern Time Zone. So they've already started thinking about the TV part of this. Okay, the the West: Dodgers, Angels, Giants, Oakland A's, San Diego Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers. Astros and Mariners. So there's a few of the teams that are kind of off the beaten path. And then lastly, Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, Reds, Indians, Twins, Atlanta Braves, and Tigers. So that's central. You could pretty much take a bus or a one-hour flight, excluding the Atlanta Braves, to play all those teams and then you would have expanded playoffs at the end and probably be playing into November. With no fans, of course. No, don't don't say of course. Because uh, the feeling is that they would start out with no fans, but the hope is by late summer, early fall, that there might be the opportunity to maybe have 10,000 fans all spread out uh, but everything is contingent upon where we are as far as each community. Now, now, here's a weird one for you. In that scenario I read you, what if the Dodgers and Angels and Padres and, and the two in the Bay Area, what if the governor doesn't allow them to play in their stadiums, even without fans? Yeah. That's going to be an interesting right. discussion. No, and the, and the governor already said that that's a good possibility. That, well, not a good that no no one will be playing in his stadiums. <laughs> but that was said with fans. Correct. Well, yeah, correct. And yeah, the, so the we'll scenario see. We'll see is without fans. Do you uh, foresee I, right. the possibility, Mike, of some teams maybe having to share a home ballpark if something like that does come to pass, at least in the beginning? Yeah, I think so, and, and probably more likely a dome stadium, uh, you know, just to, to keep it even more controlled. Uh, you know, the problem is there there isn't two workout facilities in a major league stadium. 
Uh, I mean, you've got good visiting locker room, a good home locker room, but uh, there's a, let's just say we're not smart enough to figure this out. And, and there's going to be a lot of people in a lot of long discussions to try and make this work. And I think the Korean scenario I told you, they are going to be a tremendous guinea pig. I, that's not the right words, but to see how it works. And I promise you Major League Baseball will be watching it very closely. No, I don't disagree with you. Well, Mike, I appreciate your time. We've got to take a quick break here. Um, be well. We'll talk, probably end up talking to you a lot with Jay coming on board uh, for a lot of different reasons. No, great. And, you know, you know, good luck to you guys. Stay safe. Same to you. We'll talk soon. All right. All right hey, hey, real quick. Guess whose birthday it is today? Brian Hansen. We need to put something on the... Oh, uh, I, I sent him a note on his Facebook page. Okay, cool, cool. Thanks a bunch, All Mike. Right. Thank you. Hey, let's take a quick break, Tom, and come back on the other side. Good to talk to Mike Fader. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, the host. Good to talk to Mike. Got some great insights for baseball. I'm always wondering, uh, I think baseball will come back in some form to Tucson. Uh, we have it at, at really the lower, lower levels, but uh, there was hope when the World Baseball Congress uh, was starting here in March. You remember that, right? We had the people from the county coming in and the teams from all over the world were coming in to, to do some games and to work out. And then, what, three days later, all heck broke loose. Yeah, Steve, I would. I was excited for that. I mean, you know, I, I love baseball. I would have really enjoyed uh, catching at least some of those matchups. I probably wouldn't have been able to see everything, but uh, you know, to, to have that kind of world class talent here in Tucson playing ball would have been fantastic. Yeah, no question. I think there would have been a thirst for it uh, locally. Uh, I know Mike, in fact, I didn't ask him this. I didn't ask him this, and I should have, whether he's uh, already thinking about the uh, the possibilities of his the Mexican uh, fiesta uh, group that he has. Maybe if he's still listening, he can give us a quick call and talk about that if they are going to have that or any thoughts of canceling or postponing it because that's a huge deal here in, uh, I want to say, late September, early October. Um, and they do a great job. And the crowds there are fantastic. They're in the few thousands, like five, six, seven thousand, because um, it's almost a party. It's a baseball game with a party. Which is never a bad thing. I think that's <laughs> that's no, fantastic. No, have you ever been to those? Have you been to those? I've not. It's 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 unbelievable. It's a fiesta with a party. They happen to, it's like, what do they say in boxing or hockey? You go to a... You go to a hockey game, but a, a boxing match uh, comes out. You went to a boxing match, but a hockey game broke out, or something like yeah, yeah, one of those. <laughs> one but of those. Uh, and that's like for baseball. What time Mexican of year do they do that, Steve? Because I, when I was doing, it's, it's late September, early October, and he does it for like a week. And they do it in Vegas. They do it in a few sites in Yuma, I think, or Phoenix for sure. And uh, I didn't ask him that. I don't know. Maybe we'll have him on again. Yeah, he actually is calling back in. So give me a moment. We'll find so out. He's, you're still listening, yeah, because that's a big deal. That's a big deal economically here for the three four days that they do it here. You just let me know when he's back on. And all right, here you go. Hey, Mike, Mike, I'm glad hey, you're hey, still paying attention to my comments. For you. Uh, I heard the question and everything. Um, we we haven't made a decision. Uh, you know, it's it's the start of the Mexican Winter League. And a lot of it's going to depend on whether they're going to continue their summer league program as a professional league. Uh, that will kind of give us an indication. 
Uh, and then we, you know, we're going to have to get the permission of Pima County uh, to play at the stadium if we choose to do it. Uh, you know, so number one, we're going to ask: Are the teams willing to come here? Uh, two, I mean, what precautions are we going to have? Which we're going to have to do a lot of. Three, we'll probably get rid of the dancing and the bands because that really would be a little too aggressive. And then four, we'd probably have to spread the seating out a little. But uh, I, I'm thinking promotionally, it might be something we give out masks, you know, with the Mexican baseball fiesta logo on it. So, uh, how's that for a quick answer? No, that is, and that's that's in Tucson. But you you do this in Vegas, you do this in Phoenix. You do yeah, we do places? it in Vegas, we do it in Phoenix. Uh, you know, it's it's over three weekends. The third weekend would be the last weekend in September. The first weekend in October would be in the Phoenix area, and then the uh, the Tucson would be the second weekend in, in October. So a lot and, of time between just now and then. Yeah, no question. But that's what you have. You have some with. Uh, economically, do you even know how much it brings in? Or yeah, it's we've done some studies. Mr. Tucson's helped us, and it's it's over a million dollars, you know, every year with all the hotel rooms so and everything for all the teams that come here. Yeah, no question. People have a lot of fun there too. Okay, yeah. Mike. So, thanks for paying attention. Hey, hey, Steve. Before Mike leaves, I have John on the line with a question for Mike. If he uh, if he Great. would like to take a question. No, I'm fine. Mike. Yes, thanks, John, for calling. Uh, thank you, Steve. It's good talking to you again. Mike. Same here. Um, where would they play if they chose to not go to Veterans uh, Kino Stadium? Where would they go? Mexican baseball. No, it would be Kino. I mean, that's why if, if we're going to have the Mexican baseball fiesta, it would be a Kino because that's, that's our best venue to play. Uh, yeah, but I'm, just, I'm saying we, we would have to talk to the county and make sure they're good with everything. Yeah, but there is no other choice for it, is there? Hi, Corbett. Okay. You know, that, Corbett that's not sure. a problem I mean, with it, the U of A? Well, it depends on what's going on with their U of A baseball program at the time. I mean, right now, before the, the pandemic hit, our schedule was going to allow U of A to be back playing in the Fiesta again this year uh, because we were going to be a week later. So... So those are all questions that you know we just have to talk about. Okay, thank you. Because you have some time. Be, thank you, John, for calling in. Good to hear from you, so, Mike. Just because you have some time, I know there's a lot of people with a lot of wiggle room, if maybe a little wiggle room. Is there like a drop dead date you would know? I would say we could easily put on our event and, and make decisions into August. Uh, it, a lot of it is really going to be the willingness of the teams from Mexico. Uh, we, if we don't have Mexican teams, we don't have a, a fiesta. So I, Them and we'll, the county. We'll watch to see when they're going to start their summer league. If they're playing games in the summer league, then, then my guess is they're, they're good with playing. Yeah, yeah. And then you need the county's help to say, okay, we're ready to go. Yeah, no, and, and we would, there's, there's a lot of things. You know, we're going to do it all with their blessing. And, you know, so there'd be a lot of discussions that, that would have to take place. It, it really could be pretty weird if we're, we're the first uh, event that takes place with attendance in Pima County because everything is going to be dependent on what U of A football does. That was, to me, it was, that was a big indicator is, is U, right, with U of right. A football going to allow fans. And if they were, right. then we would have no been question. fine. Right, right. We'll soon see. We have some time. Good to hear from you again. Yeah. Thanks for the quick call. Uh, you
Yeah. Appreciate it. That was Mike Fader. Thanks for the quick callback on the Mexican Baseball League. That's a lot of fun to a lot of people. Tom, nice. Nice. We got a call. From John, good to hear from John. And Mike called back. So, hey, we've got at least two or three people listening. That's good. That's it. That's it. And and you know and, what? And Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. You tell me. I was just going to say, the only reason I hadn't been, so when you told me the timeline is that's typically training camp for hockey, so that's why I would not have been able to attend. Oh, okay. So, and, and well, before we have this last 30 seconds or 45 seconds left, I wanted to mention that today is my last show as a solo guy and with Tom. Um, we're bringing in John, Mr. Jay Gonzalez here next, uh, to, uh, next, next show tomorrow, and I'll have a partner. Uh, partner in crime doing this hour show it should be a lot more fun I hope so it was some banter with Jay and I some probably some even better guests he is connected uh, to more people than me and then I have my connections so we should be bringing in some great guests for the hour we're still trying to help for two hours here get back uh, that uh, down the road thanks everybody for listening thanks John for the call thanks Mike and uh, my guy Moreno we'll talk to you guys tomorrow thanks <laughs>